to this special episode of Librarians with Lives, which I'm calling Librarians in Lockdown. It was recorded on Wednesday the 8th of April 2020 and features me, Joe Wood, and also Claire McCluskey-Dean, Mike Jones, Mike Ewan and Sean Kennedy, and I hope you enjoy. We're all based in the UK and we have been subject to a lockdown since the 23rd of March, which means that we must social distance we can only go out once a day to exercise or to get essential food or supplies. But that's what we're subject to at the moment. That means that our working practices have changed. We're uh, most, I think we're all working at home actually now full time. We are dealing with a lot of family and family situations that are tricky and it's not an easy time. So with all of that in mind and sending love to everyone that's listening, we wanted to do an episode where a few of us got together and this was actually Mike E's idea. There's a Mike E and a Mike J, which is going to make life slightly confusing, but this is Mike E's idea that we did a little fun episode with a few of us, a bit like the Christmas 2017 episode. If we can go around and introduce ourselves, that would be great. So can I start with Claire, please? Hello, everybody. Um, yes, I'm Claire McCluskey-Dean, and I was a very, very early person on this Librarian with Live podcast. Um, and during that, I very much concentrated on the fact I was mid-doctorate and now I am post-doctorate, so I am a doctor, which is both exciting and also <laughs> terrifying. Um, and one of the first things that lockdown stopped was my graduation, so I await to see how that pans mm. out. I bought a brand new tuxedo to look like Jodie Whittaker as Doctor Who, and I have nowhere to wear it at the moment. So um, I haven't changed jobs, I'm still an academic librarian at um, York St John University, which is a sort of small university in the north of England. Um, I'm still supporting education and humanities subjects, but um, things have changed personally. So last year I turned 40 and became a doctor. Well, I think that's amazing, Claire. And I know I'm your friend, I'm very proud of you. And I think I've seen the photo of you in the tuxedo and you look fabulous. And um, I think whatever happens in the next few months, you should definitely do a celebration and maybe do a Zoom thing where you celebrate your, your doctorate with, with everyone, because I think that would be really cool. So congratulations. Um, Thank you. And you were episode three of the Librarians with Live podcast. So you were way back, way back. And then um, the next person on my list is episode four, Mike Ewan. So Mike, how are you and what have you been up to? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, uh, so I'm Mike. I work at the University of Hull, again, in the, in the north of England. So um, the, the biggest guilt, which I still have, is that I'm not actually a librarian anymore. I was when uh, I was, when, I, when we recorded episode uh, four, and I think about a few months later, I actually <laughs> left the profession. Uh, so I'm now working in our kind of digital learning team uh, up at the University of Hull. So it's been an interesting few weeks. I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about it later. <laughs> but uh, yeah, still, still keep my eye on uh, things going on in the library world. Obviously, following, still following everyone on Twitter and things. So it's good to stay in touch with people and uh, yeah, contribute to things like this. I'm worried that you, you being on the podcast put you off. It made you want to run away from the profession and do something <laughs> else. Uh, no, no, definitely. <laughs> Uh, thank you. It's good to talk to you again, Mike. And to the other Mike. So uh, Mike Jones was episode 18 of the podcast. So Mike, how have you been? Because you've changed jobs since we spoke for your episode. Yeah, so at the time I was working um, at a sixth form college um, as assistant library manager. And uh, for the last two years now, um, I've been at the University of Winchester, where I'm an assistant librarian um, with uh, subject responsibility for the Faculty of Education. 
Yay! You went you got, you went to academia in the end after years at Barton Haverhill. Yes, yeah, I was there for thirteen years doing yeah, learning the trade, as I like to think of it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and now I've graduated to, to HE. Um, so I, think, I think this is my sixth time I've been on the podcast now, <laughs> including like the conference specials and obviously the 50th episode where yes. I got to roast you um, and the Christmas episode. So, yeah, I think that must be a record. Is <laughs> the honour retainer, that's what. <laughs> I think they would make you honorary co-host. I mean, he is pretty much... So next on my list, I've got Sean Kennedy, who was episode 52. So you were kind of one of the last episodes I did last year before I I stopped doing them for a while. So Sean, how have you been? I've been good. Um, I'm still at the Royal College of Psychiatrists for another six weeks. And then I'll see what I'm doing after that. What's happened? Uh, Can Can we ask? I don't think I've announced it on social media, but essentially I was made redundant. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, because they made my job part-time. So there will be another post going at the Royal College of Psychiatrists, I think, once the lockdown ends. Okay. I didn't think I'd be plugging the post. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, but then I've, I just need to figure out what I'm going to do afterwards and find another job. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I know... That's no, okay. And it's not ideal timing either when, when life is... In, are changing everywhere so I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that and, and obviously no, okay. hope things work out I'm sorry, for the I, best. I'm sorry no. I sprung that one on you I should, maybe I should have warned you <laughs> <laughs> no I feel really bad now I feel, I feel really awful don't worry, don't worry it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> it was my time to go anyway I'd been there 14 years so yeah you've done you've done your sentence as it were so yeah. so hopefully this leads to something really amazing for you I was episode 12 and Helen Berry interviewed me for that episode. And then Mike Jones uh, did the, uh, hosted the Ask Me Anything episode, which was episode 50, Live Entry Live 50. Um, since I was last on the podcast, I have changed jobs. I am now a Knowledge and Evidence Specialist for Public Health England, although I'm not actually that at the moment, temporarily. I'm working for Evidence Aid as their project coordinator for their COVID-19 portal. And the other thing is that I am... Now a fellow of Zillip, and that was the reason why I started the podcast. So achievement unlocked there. So I think that's updated you all on where we all are now. Next question is how are we all doing? Bearing in mind the restrictions on our lives and our work lives, and I will open that up to the floor. And whoever wants to go first can, and we'll go from there. I'll be honest. I must go into the gym. <laughs> I do too. It's just routines, isn't it? It's kind of stuff stuff you do where you can leave the house and be around other people. And I think for us, it's because so we've got two little kids, a five and a three-year-old, and so just uh, adapting to that. And whereas you would sometimes get a little break by going to play football and going to do that, like, oh, okay, we're, we're here all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's lovely. There's a lot of be- 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 uh, benefits to it, but yeah, some of those, some of those nice uh, routine-type things. Were, were, uh, but, but yeah, on the whole... Uh, yeah, we, oh, I'm quite fortunate, my wife's a teacher, but she's not having to go in at the moment, so she's doing a lot of the kind of um, homeschooling and stuff and keeping the kids going, doing brilliant, so yeah, most of the days I just escape upstairs, to be honest. <laughs> I'm in the exact same position as, as, as Mike as well, where, yeah, my wife's a teacher, she's not having to go in at the moment, so she's doing all of the, the parenting and homeschooling with our four-year-old, and yeah, I'm hiding, we've got a loft in our office, so I'm like 
three floors up away from them while they're <laughs> running around being crazy. So yeah, I'm very lucky that, that she's willing to do that, although she's exhausted. <laughs> I also have an office in the attic, but I'm not avoiding anyone other than my husband's conference calls downstairs because I like music and stuff playing while I'm working. And I don't think as a civil servant, they'd quite like that going on in the background with his conference calls. Um, I can confirm that calls. we don't care. We don't, we don't appreciate it, you know, any, any form of fun as, as a civil servant, sort of. We don't have any fun at work, obviously, whatsoever. <laughs> so, so I've got um, 12-year-olds. Um, so we're, we're a bit further on with the parenting journey, as, as you might say. So they're fairly self-sufficient in terms of their, their schoolwork. Um, their school has set them lessons every day, which they are burning through in about 90 minutes. We're on Easter holidays at the moment. So they were getting up early, doing the Jobix workout, um, burning through their day's lessons in 90 minutes and then going off to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So that, that's 12 year olds for you. And now that school holidays and they, they're approaching teenager time, so they just want to lie in all the time in their pyjamas. So actually lockdown is brilliant for them because they're under no pressure to leave the house or get dressed. So, so they're more than happy. Um, my husband's a key worker. He's a train driver, so he is still on shift. He is required to go into work. Obviously, the trains are much quieter. I'm, I think I'm probably selfishly quite glad that the girls are a bit older because they kind of understand what's going on. Um, they've got phones so they can talk to their friends and communicate with the outside world, although they can't see them. And at the moment, it's all the novelty. I think the novelty will wear off the longer this goes on. Yeah. We keep getting everything. It's like anything that bad happens, blame on virus. Blame on virus, that it must be viruses. So, <laughs> I've got no idea what the thing is, but like, I don't know, if we spill some milk or something, blame the virus, death. <laughs> I was wondering how, because obviously you've got comparably aged children, the two mics, haven't you? So how, obviously, Mike, you said about how your, one of yours is dealing with it. How is Aria doing with it, Mike, Jay? Um, she, she's all right. We, we kind of explained to her that we can't go outside for a bit and we can't see our friends for a bit because everybody's sick. And, it's in, and we've said it's to do with the bugs, but we've established that not the bugs that live in the garden, it's a different kind of bugs. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I think one of our friends had a problem with their daughter who's a similar age who now won't go in the garden because she thinks the bugs are going to get her. Um, but <laughs> but uh, we tried to explain to her, it's definitely not the bugs. And, and she's all right. She's, I mean, she's delighted that she's got both of us at home all the time. And it's just having loads of fun, terrorising us. So um, she's coping really well with it at, at the moment, um, touching everything wooden that's around me. Um, <laughs> we'll see how, how it goes on. I mean, and she's, um, we've got like friends who live in America, so she's quite used to video chatting with them. And so video chatting with, with my parents and with Angie's parents, and we've even done video chats with, with her friends, like friends of ours who've got you know, kids similar age yeah. um, and, and things like that. So she's, she's just kind of adapted. She's, she's quite laid back and, and chilled about it all and it just seems to have adapted into this new way of life it's been really we're really lucky I think in that respect so far I think by they're not more painful than doing a zoom call with the kids friends because it's like they both just want they both run off in opposite directions and play <laughs> and then you're just sat there awkwardly talking to their parents <laughs> 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 I actually think kids are generally handling it, as far as I know, kids seem to be handling it pretty well. It, it's not easy, though, and that thing of not being able to escape the house is hard, I think. And 
we're all not used to being with our partners this much as much as we love our partners we're not used to spending this much time with them and that's been quite interesting well i've been together with my girlfriend for over a year and i think this is the most we've spent time together and i'm surprised she hasn't smothered me to death yet (laughs) (laughs) i count that as a win (laughs) there's still time we're only three weeks in we'll check we'll check in on you next week I think both James and I have realised how much we used our walks to and from work to decompress and de-workify ourselves before we saw each other again. Yes. I think that's one of the difficult things is you you just go down the stairs and suddenly you're not at work anymore and you're still carrying all that stress from work and you've had no chance whatsoever to think it out or work it out and you sort of look at each other and go, what? <laughs> What's happening? Um, so we, I think we need to try and find some ways around further marking the end of the working day and then into nice evening time but we haven't quite worked that one out yet. It, as Claire's right that kind of separation you have of your walk home or, or I would have got the train home and a walk and, and you don't have that now so it's being mindful of, of that and the boundaries really do blur I think and that's that's hard to manage. I think James is tempted to go back to work in the evening now as well because there's so much on and he's so we're finishing eating and then he's going back to his computer. Oh, no. And I think we can let the normal working day go a little bit. We should be able to like take more of a break during the day if we want to and, and mix it all up a little bit. But I think there is a big danger in just overworking, trying to get everything done. I've been very definite that I log off just after five every day. And the PHE have been very good, actually, I have to say. And They've been very much manage the work you can do around your life, your health and your family come first, look after yourselves. So we're under no expectation to work the way we did beforehand, which I think I'm very lucky for. I've seen plenty of examples elsewhere where that isn't the case or people are being asked to make up time. Um, So that is, is completely understood. But I am very definite that I do not work in the evening and my laptop goes away. Um, And I think I'm, quite lucky in the sense that like this evening after work um we did a a, a yoga thing the four of us together um it's just silly stuff like that to get you away from it um I'm really interested to know from the three of you that work in academic libraries how the shift from being in an office and being in a university to being at home and uh, has gone and how you're you're managing that so that's Claire and the two mics oh my um (laughs) I miss my work friends by that read Tom Peach especially. I Bless really you. missed the interaction we had. It wasn't a huge office, there was about 15 levels in it, but we all get on really well and we all talk about the things that are going on during the day. And I really, really miss that. And there's no amount of Zoom meetings can make up for it. Um, but the, the sort of focus of the work for me has shifted into two main camps and one of that is helping the students through this all of my students have dissertations due and trying to guide them through the panic of suddenly being thrown into trying to finish those off with only access to online resources has been massive so i've done a lot of online tutorials a lot of email conversations just being there basically we're not even doing a lot of academic work in a lot of the time it's getting the panic out the way and then we can start working on that and then the other side of it is desperately trying to get more electronic resources in to support all of the courses that, that I work with. So it's two two main 
things I'm focusing on I've found. Is that does that echo for you as well, Mike? Jay, I know Mikey, you're in a slightly different role, which we'll come to. But does that echo with your experience as well, Mike? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite weird actually. We, we were talk, we had a team meeting this afternoon, um, and uh, we were discussing that actually we've settled into it, it far better than we we thought we would. Um, we, we've been using Microsoft Teams as our like our main kind of hub of communication and sharing uh, documents and all of that kind of thing, um, and even like some of our, our colleagues who would you know class themselves as as being technophobes were saying how how easily they've kind of slotted into this this new role um and i think just the teams just really supported each other really well and yeah moving to this kind of uh, i think like claire you know our focus has been on um getting up as much you know online resources as we can subscribing to to new things taking advantage of all these offers that a lot of the the databases and publishers um are putting out there and trying to make as much as as, as, as we can available online to the students um also supporting our lecturers you know them they've moved to online teaching um and for most of them this is a, a whole new world and a whole new thing um so actually I, i'd probably say i've had more interaction um with, with the academics that i support than i have necessarily the, the students um i think again students tend to be quite sort of tech savvy and have, and have kind of settled into this and, and and pick up a bit more where perhaps some of the lecturers um weren't quite there weren't quite ready for this move um so we've been supporting them and um but it's been yeah and everyone's just everyone's just been really grateful as well um that's the thing you know everybody's understanding of, of this situation um that that we're in and so one of my other kind of like main things obviously i um I coordinate the social media for for our library and, and a lot of the kind of the marketing and promotion. So, for the first sort of week and a half, that was a real big focus for us as well, reassuring students um, what they would still be able to do. So, um, I was like making lots of little kind of screencast videos and things of how to renew their books online, how to access the ebooks, how to access the, the various databases um, from home. And actually, what I found was really advantageous was usually we get questions about accessing databases and it's because they're off campus and we can't replicate the problems because we're on campus whereas mm -hmm. now i'm off campus and i'm like brilliant i can replicate all the same problems that the students have i can make videos of, of that um and send it to the students to give them a visual kind of uh, guide to get through things so we, we've been yeah we've been adapting trying to take the positives from from a really weird situation and yeah and work it into something that, that works for, for students and staff It sounds a bit like you're both doing quite a lot of, as well as your, obviously, your hardcore work, and, and you're doing a lot of almost pastoral support as well for your students in your academics. Is that the case? Definitely, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Um, I find, I mean, I've always found that I'm that halfway house person between them and their academics in a lot of ways, in that they see me as part of the academic team, but I'm not quite one of them because I'm that person apart that they can admit they don't know something to, or they can come to me and, and say, I didn't quite get that, can you help with that? Um, and I think that has really come out here as well, in that a lot of my students, they're primary education students, so they're going to be teachers, they're on their final placement, and that's where they do their data collection for their dissertation. And suddenly they were plucked out of their placements where they were doing their data collection, They all, a lot of them went straight home rather than coming back to York and then going home. And it, it's just been a panic in so many ways. And so I just think having a named person 
that they can just fire off an email to or book in to see, um, as well as their academic tutor, that's that person. I, you know, I'm that person that I can help them through that. Um, I, I think as well, yeah, similarly to that, like the academics also view us in that in that role a lot of the time. You know, uh, if a student asks an academic a question that is is library related, they'll they'll ping them straight on to us and you know copy me into to an email and say talk to Mike. Mike's the expert on this. You know, there's, there's no point in me trying to give you a a, a half baked answer. Um, so they're really good at directing the, the students to us as well. And you know, and, and it's great that they have that that trust in us to to provide that support to the students and they know that that we're going to get back to them you know quickly and and as supportively as possible. So Mike E, is this kind of chiming with your experience obviously you're in a different role now so how has the uh, the move to online and working at home been for you it was it was kind of a bit of a a rush obviously but what we we'd kind of seen it coming so we'd started to do bits and bobs working from home since kind of early march and then mid-march we all got sent home so we kind of had a bit of a plan place we're quite a small team really there's six of us i was actually i'd actually got made uh, the, the team leader, whatever you want to call it, last year. So I was like, still fairly new in that role, and it's like, oh, now just manage this situation. So it's been quite, that's been quite interesting. But but we've had like Microsoft Teams and stuff going for a while. So all that kind of communication stuff has been fine. And and we we because of like the the amount of things we've had to work on for the last three weeks, we've been having like a meet a meeting in the morning, and then one late in, in the afternoon, and just kind of trying to keep catching up that way. And then the general work's been kind of just, uh, yeah, it's been interesting. So obviously, uh, so we're, we're in this digital learning team. So like the, the TEL team, technology team, there's most you need to have. And um, yeah, so it's, it's just purely working with the academic side of it and, and trying to get them ways of replicating all of their teaching. And, and it's been interesting about where we've positioned ourselves because it's, it's, we'd like to think of ourselves as kind of pedagogy led and wanting to recommend the best types of online teaching or blended teaching stuff, whereas at the moment it's just, I was doing a lecture, what do I need to do this online? And it's been a really strange balance of like what support and guidance we give. So yeah, a lot of it's just been like creating resources, but similar to Claire and Mike, it, it's a lot of this has just been speaking to the academics. Like I was running I was running daily webinars and most of them are just like, right, everyone calm down. Like your students will be panicking as much as you are doing about all of this. You can make mistakes, don't worry. And it's just been kind of a lot of like hand holding and just calming people down. And because, you know, and, and being quite honest, that like we don't know the answers we're learning. We're trying to stay like one step ahead of them so they can stay one step ahead of others and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's just, it's been really interesting. If I'm being honest, it's been really enjoyable. You know, it, it's, it's been nice having these many conversations with people we've never spoken to before. At Hull, we have quite a, a small clique of people who are normally quite like innovative around the technology and want to get on board with things. Whereas at the moment, we're introducing stuff to people who we perhaps don't ever speak to and, and getting really positive conversations and results. So there's been quite a lot of bonuses, to be honest. Um, what's interesting is, obviously, this week with the Easter holiday, it's quietened down. And there's like almost an element of the adrenaline's over. OK, now what do we do? And this is this will be the, the interesting bit maybe for the next couple of months where we're like planning the other types of work that we'll be doing, not just responding to people and helping people. It'll be like planning... What are, the, what are the things we can do when we're not together as a team? I think I'm really impressed with the three of you talking about the positives that you're taking from what is not an easy situation where you've all been thrown out of what you're used to, 
you're used to going into an office every day, you're going into an institution and adapting that. And as challenging as it all is, and you've outlined some of the issues, you've also mentioned some really lovely things as well and some really great ways that you're supporting people differently, you're, meet, you're meeting virtually um, different people as well. So there are upsides from what I'm gathering to what is a pretty awful situation and it, none of us would want this but there are things you can take from it I guess. Yeah and I've, I've seen benefits in even like how the team can interact because we have like a, quite a small office and the six of us in there and when people are having kind of ideas and conversations it all can, can happen quite quickly and it can be that can be quite like an intimidating atmosphere for some of the people in the room and all the conversations happening online normally through text you know chat kind of stuff I think it actually helps quite a lot of people because they have a bit more time to process it and then contribute when, when they want to, do you know what I mean? And I think, so there's actually quite a lot which is helping bring people together in a weird way uh, or make people feel perhaps more comfortable in, in like giving their own voice. But, and then it's, it's that stuff, like we did, we did a quiz last Friday afternoon to like finish term and we all sat around and had a gin and stuff on Zoom and, and yeah, it's not quite the same, but... It, it still works and even our blooming PVC education turned up and I was like oh my god I'm horrified but she turned up and she had an even bigger gym than the rest of us so it was like okay right, we're alright so it's kind of breaking down some barriers in an odd way then because we're all in the same boat and people are realising the value of connecting with other humans even in a virtual sense there's, there's some kind of it sounds awful to say even but nice stuff that's coming out of this Oh, yeah. I mean, before this happened, I think I had about two or three academics who would regularly use the instant messaging service we have, you know, through chat and teams and things like that to contact me at work. Now I've got loads of them who are just firing off little chat messages to me during the day that I can now get a conversation going with. And I don't think that would ever have happened if we just stayed on campus. It's like one of the things we've got planned for next week is to sit and list, like, um, what have we learned in the last month? that we can then go back to the university and say this is what we need to, to like focus on going forward so it's like okay we've identified that maybe our support for digital capabilities wasn't quite what it could be so let's have a push on that and like how, how do we support staff because a lot of the staff who we're showing some of this technology to for the first time said oh this is i didn't even know this existed i can now use this going forward so it's like how do we how do we capture that yeah and, and then and don't forget it when we're all back you know sat in our own little offices in in, in you, so. I hope people listening are kind of quite reassured by that that it, we are quite lonely in some ways at work at the moment but also there are some positives that can come out of it so Sean how's it been for you obviously you're in a rural college so how is your work um, being managed at the moment? Previously we, I would have weekly meetings with my manager about what was going to be done or what wasn't going to be done and we're still keeping that up so we have we use team meetings so we have a team meeting once a week with just the two of us discussing what we need what, what i'm doing plus one with the wider department so the section that we now fall under for the last year now we've been moved to membership so and it's been entertaining because ordinarily we wouldn't necessarily because the library is always separate to the rest of the college in terms of where like Physically, we're, we're the, pretty much the only ones on the ground floor, and then our department is on the third, the rest of the department's on the third floor. Whereas now, when you're having the meeting, we're all pretty much in the same space. So, 
That's been pretty cool. That's been interesting. In mm. terms of work, there's certain, I mean, there's obviously certain things that I can't do that I would normally do, like cataloging and things like that. But I have, I have been had an uptake in terms of doing literature searches for people, as well as um, providing some support to the policy that's going out from the college. Uh, in a mind, like every now and then, they might come to me and ask for some information. Uh, but for the most part, it's some things are quietened down. But then I've also been spending quite a lot of time trying to explain to members how to use resources. And in some case, I mean, my favorite one was this morning where I had to explain how to use no, what's an endnote on a Mac and how to import references that I'd never used it before. He shared his um, desktop with me and we were able to do stuff together and it was a well-spent hour. We've also been looking at doing videos for how, because um, we realized that if, if members keep contacting us, it's, it would be handy to do some videos. So we've been looking at putting videos together and scripting um, how to guide for our resources, which has been interesting. It's been less interaction with some of the members uh, for other things. So it's been an interesting experience and we're definitely learning from it. So my manager and I keep comparing notes in terms of things that we've come across. I think the main thing I'm happy about is that about a week or two weeks before this all happened, I'd updated a document which kind of gives just about everybody's rules within the college. And that pretty much ensures that people can look at that and not have to contact me. So it sounds like we're all managing reasonably well under the circumstances. That's what I'm, I'm gathering from this. There will have, will have been really bad days, but I'm not hearing loads of doom and gloom from everyone about how awful, how awful work is at the moment. So I'm finding that heartening to hear, and I hope people listening find that heartening to hear as well. But I thought we would go on to some slightly more fun, different, distracting things now. I thought it would be really good if you could give the listeners some recommendations for films or TV programmes or podcasts or books that you're, you're enjoying at the moment that you would recommend. And um, you're free to make this as passionate as possible. I'm looking at you, Claire. Um, <laughs> and you can, pa- you can uh, pitch uh, Shit's Creek to everyone for the next 20 minutes. The floor is yours. No, I'm joking. But um, I will start oh. with... Oh, I know. Yeah, you can do it. So I will hand over to uh, Claire first. So, um, what um, distractions are you enjoying at the moment? I am definitely on Netflix a lot, um, and I am rewatching Shit's Creek for the fifth time. Now. No, five. I, I knew it was four. But it's five times yeah, now. Oh my yeah. god. It's just the most heartwarming positive thing that I could find in the world at the moment and I adore it um, plus they just aired the final episode ever in America and that final series is due to air in the UK from mid-May so I want to watch all of it again before the final series comes in and it's it, as I say, Moira Rose who is the matriarch character of it is now my idol she is a former soap actress. She has a massive collection of wigs which um, match her mood. She wears outlandish outfits. Uh, she doesn't give a damn about anything. Um, <laughs> she has her own special vocabulary and she is amazing. And there is a central couple 
David Rose, who is played by Dan Levy, who also writes the show. Um, and Patrick, his other half. Um, and they may well have now become my favourite TV couple of all time, ousting Ruth and Harry from Spooks, who have held <gasps> that course for 20 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we'll just pick Joe up off the floor there. Because <gasps> I think I did just blaspheme there. You did slightly. <laughs> you did very, very slightly, yeah. But your, your passion for Shits Creek is... is really quite lovely and you do adore it and you've been honoured me to watch it and I will add it to my list of things I, I want to watch. Mike E. That's, 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 that's like a DJ saying, oh yeah, yeah, I'll add it to my list, yeah, yeah, I'll play it. Yeah. They'll never play it. <laughs> so um, Mike E, what would you recommend to our to our oh, listeners as a distraction? Cards on the table, I've been absolutely fuming about how, how little I've been to watch. So, you know, I think uh, it's, you, you, you hear people go, oh, I'm sure back from home. I'm like, oh, I've not watched a single thing. But to be fair, when I've had the opportunity, all I've wanted to watch is we're just watching cookery programs and stuff. So, Master Chef, Celebrity Bake Off, <laughs> Great Britain's best, greatest ever dish, or whatever it's called. So, I'm not. I, I had the grand ideas of rewatching The Wire for like the that would be about the seventh time, I think. And uh, even as like the, some of this stuff on this Disney Channel, like The Mandalorian and stuff, I still I still want to get to, but. Don't know what it is. I think it's uh, yeah. By the time I go the kids down, it's just like oh, I just want to sit in a dark room. <laughs> but it, it goes back. Actually, it's a weird thing. It goes back to what we were talking about before about finishing work and then like going straight into like the sorting the kids out and having and everything and then stopping there. And then it's like, what, what did I used to do before all this? Like, do, oh, it just, I don't know. It's something weird about it. So yeah, we, we've ended up just watching Dross and like cooking programs, but. And also my biggest annoyance is how little music I'm getting to listen to because whenever I have worked from home in the past, it's normally because I've wanted to work on something so I've taken myself out of the office and I'm listening to musicals and it's been great. Now it's non-stop plumbing Zoom and Skype and all this so I'm not getting to listen to any music. Obviously. I had an idea of doing like a, a podcast of like Desert Island Discs for people who are staying at home so interviewing different like academics within the uni seeing how they were like how they were moving towards the online teaching stuff and then asking them about what music they were listening to. But then I felt I couldn't I wasn't listening to any so <laughs> I back I backtracked on that idea quite quickly. But, I think but, that would be a brilliant I, idea. I think that'd be a really nice way of engaging with them and doing the kind of the the, the worky bit and then getting a bit of, of fun with them as well. So Mike J, what are you uh, distracting yourself with at the moment? Uh, so we've got kind of like two kind of uh, the areas of things. So one one big thing for us uh, up until about half past seven each day is Disney Plus at the moment. The fact that that launched, uh, oh, in, it's almost always wonder if Disney had something to do with oh, this whole you. thing because it's, yeah, <laughs> it, it was so such perfect timing. So we have been yeah, Aria has just been absolutely sponging all of this content from from Disney Plus. Uh, she has fallen in love with Disney's Descendant. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Mm-hmm. Disney no. Channel TV movie uh, about um, the various Disney villains' children. So it's a world where Beauty and the Beast are, are in charge of this kingdom and they've banished all the evil people, so like Maleficent and Jafar and Quilla Deville uh, and uh, oh, like the evil queen from Snow White. They've been banished to the Island of the Lost. Um, but Beauty and the Beast's son, uh, Ben, um, has decreed that some of the 
children of the villains can come to the come back to the good island and go to school there and see if they can become good. And so it's about um, Al, who's the main character, is Maleficent's daughter, um, and she's got purple hair. And Arya thinks she's the coolest person ever. So there's there's two of those films uh, on on Disney Plus. There is a third one, but that's not reached Disney Plus yet. So we're we're excited waiting for that and then yeah she's been like uh, Doc McStuffins has become a firm favourite of, of uh, um, there's also one called Zombies which is a very Disney version of Zombies obviously there aren't many zombie films that I could let a four year old watch um, but, uh, but yeah there's a Disney version a Disney film called Zombies which is kind of like uh, sort of a high school cheerleader thing but with zombies which is which is quite weird, um, and yeah, she's loving that as well. So that's kind of like our our daytime viewing is very much led by that. And then once she's gone to bed, um, uh, Tiger King has been the big thing that we've been binging for the last week, which is Netflix's latest kind of big uh, sort of murder mystery documentary, true life crime kind of thing um, about one guy in particular, Joe Exotic, who is a, a zoo owner in Oklahoma. Um, and he's, he's very uh, much a, a flamboyant and interesting character who has a zoo full of these these wild tigers and lions and things, most of which he's bred and reared himself. Um, but then it's also it also features um, similar people owning very similar zoos across the states. Uh, like it starts off with a stat that there's actually more animal, more tigers in captivity in America than there are in the wild in the entire rest of the world. And it's this, yeah, this whole bizarre world of, of uh, private big cat owners, um, but that also has a kind of criminal murdery twist um, to it as well. So that's well worth uh, a watch. But one thing I, I've been I'm missing loads that you mentioned is podcasts. Podcasts are my my um, commute listen. So I, I listen to, to podcasts all the way to work, to and work um, from the train and my walk, and on the way home again. And and I can't listen to podcasts and work at the same time. I I, I can't cope with 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 people talking to me and taking in what they're saying whilst trying to type. I think I'd end up just transcribing Mark Commode's latest reviews um, onto my work rather than anything library related. Um, so I'm really missing listening to my podcast, trying to find the, the time uh, to do that. Um, but one thing we have been watching as well online is lots of um, live casts from musicians and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, Instagram uh, live yeah. stuff, yeah. We did uh, the night at the theatre the other day. We, we watched that uh, two two governors, one man, two governors, is it? Yeah, we did that. Yeah. We had like a yeah. Mad- and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did that. We had a theatre night. We got we got um, a takeaway pizza and watched one man, two governors on Friday night, and it was it was really good. And the girls really enjoyed it. So you did a brilliant job there of pitching Tiger King, uh, Mike. <laughs> Um, which is it violent? Because I'm not so good with the violence. Is it is it violent, or would I be uh, right? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. Well, there is there are flashes of violence. I mean, I would warn you that someone gets their arm bitten off by a tiger, but you don't see it happen. You kind of see the aftermath, and it's yeah. I don't think it's. I mean, if if you if you don't like cruelty to animals, which well, I don't think anybody likes cruelty to animals. That'd be really, yeah, weird. yeah. If, if you like cruelty to animals, watch this. So, yeah, it, it, you know, the, the, these people who own these big cats, yeah, they're they're not particularly caring owners. But you know, the documentary very much treats them in in that manner. You're, you know, there's no one in it who's sympathetic. Um, every person in it um, has something 
you know, going on that makes you despise them in, in some way. Um, which is kind of like it's this kind of morbid curiosity with, with people like that, I think. Um, and, and it certainly is, you know, I've read stuff online questioning the validity of this because of that, that it's actually promoting people who are intrinsically not nice people. But, um, but yeah, it's almost like it's that whole kind of thing of, you know, sometimes where, like, you know, watching a car crash, you, you can't, you know, it's going to be bad, but you, you can't stop watching. A couple of things have come up actually from what you what you've all said so far. First thing is podcasts, and I'm and I'm a bit the same with them at the moment. I can't quite face them. Um, so, but I, I but there, there's a new one for Scrubs, and it's done by Zach Braff oh, and yeah. Donald Faison, and they're doing this episode by episode uh, podcast of going right back to the beginning of Scrubs, and and I've I've uh, downloaded it and subscribed, and at some point I will try and try and watch it because I really I loved Scrubs so much. Yeah. Um, so I really want to listen to that. And um, the other one is, um, harking back to Claire and Spooks, is that they are the Guardian are doing a thing every Tuesday where they've gone right back to the beginning, I think it started yesterday, um, where they're starting and doing an episode a week as a watch-along. Look out for the Deep Cut Fryer episode. That's so horrible. <laughs> I will be very happy if I can watch Tom Quinn, So because uh, I love him. And the, he... only, the only two podcasts I, I'm, I'm kind of still listening to it and it's the same like, I used to listen to one more to work but it's the off menu one with James A. Paston <gasps> yes because that's, that's essentially just people talking about, and it's the same as what we're watching on TV it's like listening and watching people eat this food which we can't quite have at the moment where it's like oh at least we know it still exists and like we, it's, it's almost there and See, then there's another one about 90s football which it just again I'm, I'm slightly obsessed with 90s football but it allows me to kind of escape to like Oh yeah, I remember that when <laughs> the easier times when I was a small boy watching Italian Does it football. Does mention Middlesbrough reaching two cup finals, losing them both, and getting relegated in the same season? There was a whole episode on it. Oh god! <laughs> I can relive the trauma. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my go-to. The so, Sean, what have you been enjoying, and would you recommend to people why why we've been in lockdown? Right, so my folded times where I just want something on in the background, or at least when I'm doing work that doesn't really involve much thought process. I've had the office on, um, the American version. Uh, turns out my girlfriend's a huge fan of it, so she pretty much forced it onto me when I started, we started dating. Um, and I've been enjoying it. But in terms of TV shows or, or things to watch that I'd recommend, um, I know it's an Apple Plus, but, and I think you'd really like it, it's uh, For All Mankind. It's basically what would, ha- what would have happened if um, Alexei Leonov had landed on the moon before Apollo 11, and basically mm. the Russians got to the moon first. Right. What, what, what might have happened with the space program? Um, it's only 10 episodes long, although, but it's a really, really interesting show. It goes all the way from the 50s through to the 80s, and it's really, really interesting, um, and I really enjoyed it. Other than that, um, on Netflix, uh, Spencer Confidential, which is based on the Robert Palmer Spencer for Hire books, do I need to watch Succession? Because it's got Matthew McFadden in, who played Tom Quinn in Spooks, and we know I love him. So is it good? I have it queued up, ready to go, and we've not started yet, but I've heard great things about it. 
Yeah, that's on my list as well. So I think I've, I, you know, if I ever have the time, then I think I've got plenty of, of stuff to watch. Um, we've been watching uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, which um, I got I had never watched before, but I've heard good things about. Um, so and it's just really smart and funny, and it reminds me a lot of Scrubs actually, particularly the early early episodes really remind me of the uh, JD. Uh, the, the main character of, of, of um, Jake and JD, they're quite similar, I think, in a lot of ways. So that's that's really good. I do love Book 299, although I'm glad the new... I'm looking forward to tomorrow night because the, the new season started. And so. What season is that? Because we're only on season three. Six. Yeah, we're only on season three at the moment, so we, we're, we're quite a long way behind. Seven. I think it might be seven. I think six has just been released on Netflix. Oh, Okay. Um, and we really love, and possibly inappropriately, bearing in mind my children's age, um, we really love RuPaul's Drag Race. So we've just started watching the new season on Netflix as well. So are there any activities that aren't TV-based that you've been enjoying? Trying to, trying to make bread. You're making bread? So how are you, have you got a bread maker? Are you doing it, from, doing it by hand? Yeah. I've been trying to do it over like the last year and, and trying to do more and more. And... Uh, and I'm not very good at it, so I thought, well, so I'm, I'm trying to get into sourdough, so I'm trying to make this start. So, yes, yeah, it, 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 it fills the time, but it's, uh, yeah, very unspectacular outcomes, and I'm running out of flour, and I can't get flour anywhere. Oh, don't, because so, no, I like to if, bake, if, and I can't get hold of flour or eggs. If there's any, there's any flour, uh, and you would like me to mention your product on this podcast, I will not. <laughs> The other problem I have is if I'm carrying on baking through stress relief because I enjoy it, I've then got this mountain of cake and biscuits and there's only yeah. the two of us to eat them. That's a weird thing, actually. I'm eating less junk and stuff because cause I feel like we can't go to the shops as much. I'm not like just popping out for a box of Maltesers every night, which is seemed to be rare doing from Christmas <laughs> up until now. So I'm like, still eating quite a lot. Probably less. And I thought I'd be eating more. You know what I mean? I'm drinking loads of coffee because my yeah, loads of coffee and a drink. And, yeah, resorted to egg in a carton, smoked cake. My God, <laughs> it's, I, it's I, an experience. I, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of halfway seeing a black market librarian, like in librarians running a black market baking booth. It's like in a war with people having an extra half pound of butter or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have flour. And I have eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave them on the when doorstep. You have to <laughs> <laughs> knock, knock and run, you see, like like all delivery people do currently. If they knock on the door, they'll knock on the door and then they'll just be disappearing down the road and you go, Thanks as they're running away from you. It would be a bit that, I think. But yeah, there's definitely um a market for um basic ingredients. You just there's just certain things you can't get. We've been doing I don't know if you any of you with the smaller children have been doing the Joe Wicks workout of a morning, but we were doing that. They were, uh, we found them too brutal, so we moved on to Andy's, uh, like, expenses or something on BBC BBC's, <laughs> much, much later. <laughs> yeah, the Joe Wicks one is quite, a lot of lunges, a lot of squats, a lot of lunges in the, in the Joe Wicks one. The girls have just got bored of it now, and they're, they're refusing to do it because it's, it's their holiday, so they, they prefer to lie in bed. Um, and then we tried doing a yoga class on Zoom. And then the moment that the, uh, the woman started, the, the, the instructor, who was incredibly good, it's a really good class, started by doing some oming very loudly. At that point, Grace just left the room. She just couldn't deal with it at all. And then there was the chanting at the end that, we, that I didn't join in with, but 
we were supposed to do and she was totally out at that point. So we do, we're doing pocket yoga instead. But unfortunately, children are really bendy and then us 40-somethings are not bendy. So it's a bit embarrassing, really. Well, I know my girlfriend's friend was doing the Joe Wicks thing with her kids. And then when she turned around, the, I think the sun had disappeared. And when she looked at real, when she looked outside, he was on the trampoline. And I think she went to go talk to him to find out why he wasn't doing the, the exercise with her. The other, the younger daughter just disappeared upstairs. Yeah. And I think she gave up after that. Yeah, and Ange has been doing it by herself. Aria gave up after about two minutes on the first day. Like she's, she's definitely inherited my kind of attitude towards exercise, and would much rather lay on bed and watch uh, YouTube than than than. Uh, well, 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 actually, Ange is watching YouTube. She's watching Joe Wicks on YouTube, but Aria would rather, rather watch people playing with slime on YouTube than than people doing PE on YouTube. So, uh, so yeah, so that that's. That, uh, Andy's been carrying on doing it by herself, though, and Aria sits and watches her. <laughs> I think this is like a common it. experience now, yeah. Yeah. If you've not seen them, make the uh, Andy's, what are they called? Andy's Wild Workouts. Yeah, no, I, I've heard about it. I, I do love Andy. He's my favourite thing about CBBs. I'm not, I'm not sure Aria's particularly fussed on him, but I think he, he's my hero. I've been doing um, each Tuesday, every Tuesday, my friend is in a choir in, in, in Birmingham and um, she, their rehearsal day is Tuesday evening and obviously they're not doing that right now. So um, they have a friend who has, is running the UK quarantine quiz and he's doing it every single night in lockdown and he's done it since lockdown started, so for three weeks and he's doing it seven days a week. So it's eight o'clock every night, anyone can join, anyone can set up a team. And it's five rounds and it's completely random every night in terms of the round. So I'm doing it on Tuesday and they've made me team captain because um, I don't know. I obviously know my friend and her husband, but I don't know any of her, her choir friends. But, but, but she decided to make me team captain because um, I like that kind of um, power. Uh, and, but it's brilliant and it's done on, on video and it's sort of done a bit via Twitch as well. And, and it's really, I'd recommend it because you can get a team together and you can all be, you know, where, wherever you are and, and, and you can do it with friends and family. And that's, that's really good fun. And we've been playing board games as well. And we've got two new ones, actually. There's Dog Bingo, which is good fun. And there's also Friends Draw It, which is basically Pictionary, but with uh, scenes from Friends. Has anyone else been playing board games or computer games or anything like that? works. With country of the distance, that seems to work. With people on Skype and whatnot. That's the only one we've Invited to online bingo with my um, sister in law on Saturday, which I'm still debating. I've got a, well, I've got a weekly game with some friends playing on the PS4 together. I mean, it's just a good idea. It's just for us to socialise, but we generally end up playing online a couple of games for a while. Um, doing board games with my best friend through an online portal and this is a really geeky one um, playing in a Star Trek role playing game through the Roll20 web- website which is something I've never done before but there's a group of us who get together I think every three weeks so last couple of weeks ago was the first time we did it and it was really interesting to be socialising through the computers rather than um, sitting around in someone's Living room. It's nice people are kind of finding inventive ways to, to spend time together because it is hard and you kind of miss seeing your family and your friends and doing 
the normal stuff he would do. So I've got a, a group of friends. I was due not last weekend, the weekend before to go. I was meant to be going to Switzerland for a weekend. I've got a friend who lives in Zurich, um, and we before he moved out there, uh, him and I and four others had a, a burger a burger gang once a month. We'd go out. Um, and we check out different burger restaurants and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and so we were we had a, we'd planned we were going to Zurich. To, it was our first time going out to see him since he's moved out there. And we were going to have a, a boys' burger weekend in Zurich, but you see that got that got cancelled due to um, you know no planes flying. But we, we rebooked. We're going in October now. Um, so so we instead we had a house party meet up and we all made burgers at home. And then yeah, so we, we had a house party meet up, ate burgers and uh, played some games. Uh, on there instead it was really good fun what are you all looking forward to doing what's uh, what is gonna be really tough though what is one thing you're really looking forward to doing once lockdown ends and i'll throw that out to you any of you the day they go to school or i wave them out the door now <laughs> yeah, uh, well we've got we've got a holiday book so i'm just like to france in july and i'm yeah i'm, I'm, I'm kind of clinging on to the hope we'll get up to that not getting my hopes up I want to get back into a theatre I've cancelled about nine theatre things already and yeah. I'm getting desperate I, I miss it far too much I think for me similar to theatre cinema yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's my my big thing that, that, that I love doing is, is going to the cinema and that whole cinematic experience and yeah so I, I, I miss that and then the other thing is, is gigging um so I don't know if I've mentioned before. I'm in a covers band, and we, we do like pub gigs and, and stuff like that. And and that's such a, a great communal thing, like having everybody out, having having a drink, play you know us playing some songs and stuff. And um, and obviously that you know has, has completely died uh, in in this current situation. So we've had to cancel gigs and, and, and things like that. So I think our next one at the moment is that, that's still in the diary is is early June. So we're we're, we're unsure whether whether that's going to happen or not. I think I'll go back to what I started with. Was, um, I'm, looking back, I'm looking forward to going back to the gym and doing some proper exercise, back to doing events, um, because I've realised that there were two... I've missed out... What's the two events had to be pushed back that I was supposed to be at. Um, we were very excited about seeing the new Bond film. Um, obviously, that got pushed back till November. Um, but we've said, because um, three of us have birthdays in December, that we're going to see it in the VIP thing at Cineworld. I don't know if any of you have done this. We did it for the Star Wars, the last Star Wars film for the girl's birthday, where you go and get the food beforehand and the massive buffet. Because it was December, it was Christmas dinner and nachos. And um, you get massive seats, and that's really good. So we've agreed that we're going to do uh, the VIP for the Bond film. So I really miss doing part run on a Saturday morning. It was something that Glenn, I, I've been a runner for a few years. Glenn only took, took up running last year. He started doing part run at the end of last year with me. And on, we got to a point now where we could leave the girls at home on a Saturday morning. We'd go off and do part run and go for a little Starbucks date afterwards, and that was our time. And I really miss doing that, so I'm looking forward to doing that again does anyone else want to say anything about being a librarian or not a librarian anymore in two of two of our cases um in lockdown well uh, what i'd say is that you've um things like this and things like i think twitter especially having left the library community but still feeling part of it because of things like twitter i think is really powerful so just encourage people to to keep talking to people on, on twitter or wherever they need to and I think the library community is, is strong, stronger 
kind of online community is, is many professions. So, yeah, stay involved and stay positive. And it's okay to be not okay. Yeah. There in states. I, I mean, I'm quite positive today, but good grief, there have been days when I felt just awful. Yeah. And that's okay. And actually, yeah, talking about it with people on Twitter and online and stuff, everyone's incredibly supportive. So um, I think for, there's a lot to be said for the strength of people I've never met in person, but I've built quite a lot of strong relationship with online. Um, being there for each other through this stuff. Yes, definitely. I would agree with that. I, I, I think that that's covered with, you know, everything that, that I would I would say. I think actually because I kind of like I've had a really busy year at work and and kind of uh, I think you, you and I Joe have spoken this before about you know, falling away with a lot of CPD stuff and yes. and I haven't been on 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 library Twitter anywhere near as much as I was previously. But actually, since this has all happened and things said, I, I've been making more of an effort to go on there because like Mike and Claire say, like there is that, there's that community there and it's good. You know, it's nice to hear how other people are coping in similar kind of, um, similar ways and in similar scenarios, um, to pick up ideas from people as well of how they're adapting to this, this kind of new world. And that's, you know, it's reassuring just to have that, that sort of tribe of, of similar minded folk, um, doing doing kind of similar work and, and to better pick brains and, and and share ideas and 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 just kind of yeah and uh, and and keep an eye out for each other. I would definitely agree with that. I think we will leave it there. Thank you so much to Claire and to Mike Jay and to Mike E and to Sean for joining me this evening. It's been really lovely to talk to people that aren't in my immediate family. So thank you for so much for giving me your your time this evening, and I will look forward to. Even if I don't see you in person soon, we will chat online soon. So you will take care of yourselves and your loved ones and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Just a little postscript to this episode. I have since watched several episodes of Tiger King and found it incredibly disturbing. So thanks, Mike. I'm wishing I'd gone with Claire's suggestion of Shit's Creek first. I hope you're all staying safe and looking after yourselves and each other. Take care.